We are Taking the Helm with risk takers who are motivating us to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Are you someone who dreads walking out the door every day? You're stuck, you're not happy, but you just can't figure out what the problem is? Well, Tina Brigley is here with us today, and she's experienced just that and much more. Tina now is an entrepreneur, and she's helping all of us discover blocks in our way so that we can be unstoppable and get results ourselves. In just a few years' time after leaving a full-time career, Tina has been a TEDx speaker, a TV host. She continues to be a motivational speaker, a health coach. She is the master of ceremonies at many local events, and now she is in a new partnership with another local entrepreneur. Hi, Tina. Thank you for having me, Lynn. It's really great to be here. Let's start, Tina, by going back in time a few years ago when you, the way you describe it yourself is you literally had a breakdown in your life, and that's where it all began. There's no other word to explain it, but I was in complete breakdown. It was a beautiful, warm, sunny afternoon, and I was sitting outside on my lounge chair by my pool drinking my coffee. I was looking at, you know, my beautiful house, the bay windows that overlooked my forested backyard. I was taking in this picture-perfect, you know, uh, view of my pristine neighborhood that I moved to after my separation from my husband. And I began to cry. And I mean, not like the tears of joy cry. I was crying those ugly tears <laughs> of all the pain that I had inside. And in that moment, that breakdown, I thought, what did I do? I left my marriage. I broke up my family. I was really determined to find myself. But in the process, I can say I completely lost myself. I had no idea who I was anymore. Um, and I was even like pretending to the world that everything was fine. You know, I was the life of the party. I'm an educator. I'm great. I'm happy. I'm smart. You know, um, but really inside, I was completely miserable. And I was convinced that you know, leaving my husband and my family would make things better, would fix things. But in the process, it really made things worse. And my life was still a mess. And I felt like I was still a mess. And then I really just started using alcohol to numb the pain. I went to the doctor and I said, I need to take sleeping pills. And the worst part of it all is in the middle of this breakdown, I was questioning, like, I thought that this was normal. You know, I really thought that this is the way life was supposed to be. And all I could think of that morning was, what did I do? Because, I mean, when I was with my husband, I was living this dream life in my custom-built home. You know, we were watching our daughters play in the backyard. There was a lot of safety and comfort and security. And I was even miserable then. And I was pretending to be happy back then. <laughs> but I actually had my husband to blame for how I was feeling. And now that morning sitting by my pool, uh, and when I was in that complete breakdown, I, I just couldn't, I was thinking, what is wrong with me? And so this is actually quite funny, but what I did was I got on the internet and I went to Facebook and I started Googling all of these, um, you know, the, they have those quizzes and stuff that you could take yes. the personality quizzes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
So I took a quiz and I swear, you can't even make this stuff up. Uh, it took a quiz that said, how good is your common sense? And then I took another quiz that said, can you pass psychology 101? Meanwhile, I have my honors in psychology. I don't <laughs> think I passed. And the, the best one was, what is your dog's personality? So, you know, for the record, anybody that's listening, if you're going to Facebook to look for these quizzes, they don't actually work. So then I went to Google because that's where you go when you want to get serious, right? When you really need answers, you go to Google. So I, I typed in the search bar, what is wrong with me? And the first search that showed up was 12 terrible feelings and how to feel less broken. And I thought, this is ex like, I feel broken. I feel miserable. So in that exact moment, and I, I call it divine intervention or the universe, I don't know, but there up came a pop-up to become a health coach. And I thought, oh my gosh, first of all, what is a health coach? And then I started thinking at one point I was really healthy in my life. You know, what, what happened to me? And so I clicked on that, that pop-up to become a health coach. And that moment literally shifted my life because I, I ended up, I mean, I want to say that I signed up for the program right away, but I didn't. I actually called all my friends and I said, hey, I saw this webinar to be a health coach. Do you think this is good, would be good for me? And they actually, they actually laughed and they said, no offense, Tina. You know, as soon as somebody says no offense, you start taking offense. Like, you're not a good listener. You drink too much. Your life is a mess. Your relationship with your husband is terrible and you want to be a coach. So I didn't listen to them and I signed up for the program anyways. And that decision shifted the way that I think. It opened up this whole world of personal development that I didn't even know existed. Like I've heard of Tony Robbins and I've heard of other things, but it wasn't it wasn't something that I immersed myself in. I didn't think that people actually spent money on themselves. And looking back, like I feel even kind of embarrassed sharing this, but I honestly did not believe uh, that I was even worth the value of investing in a coach or a coaching program. Did you find at that time you were blaming other people? It's not my fault. It's, it's so-and-so's fault. It's the circumstances fault. There, there was definitely this, this rude awakening that I had where I realized I was blaming everybody. I mean, I was an educator. I was blaming my principal for my life. I was blaming the education system for my life. I was blaming my coworkers. I was blaming my ex-husband. And I realized, okay, there is a common denominator here. And that common denominator is me. And I didn't want to look inside. I didn't want to look inwards because it was a lot easier to blame others. Of course. Um, but that, yeah. it, it, it just wasn't working for me. And, you know, I had a really rude awakening. Um, it was Mother's Day right before I had this like kind of breakdown. Um, and my, my oldest daughter at the time, she was seven years old and she like so sweet, you know, she made me breakfast in bed. So she comes with a tray with a muffin and a glass of wine. And I said to her, oh, honey, mommy doesn't drink wine for breakfast. And she looked at me and she said, oh, I'm sorry, mommy. I didn't know what else you drank. I was just like, 
oh my gosh. And I kind of laughed it off. Right. But in the backyard, when I was having that breakdown, it was almost like all those past events started flooding my memories. And I was thinking, man, I'm a mess. And your daughter very, very innocently, not knowing what was going, you know, not I'm bringing my mom breakfast and look what ends up happening. You get the, you get the wake up call. This is what my daughter is seeing me as. So you've had a breakdown in your life. You've been abusing substances to get by and only coping. You are separated from your husband. Your child has brought you a wine glass for breakfast. And all of this is sending you signals. And you know, at the time when I kind of laughed about it. And I, I even remember joking around with my friends like thinking, oh my gosh, this is so funny. I, I literally at that point, I think it was like, whoa, that's weird. But it was so normal for me. It was normal to come home and have my box of wine on the counter and just have a glass of wine or two or three. Um, but really the pain was my kids were my life. And when my husband and I separated, we had shared custody. And so I had them for a week and then he had them for a week. So that week that I didn't have them, it was like there was a piece of me missing. And I did not know how to cope with that. And so the the wine was numbing the pain. But then what happened was, because I was drinking at night, I wasn't sleeping. And so because I wasn't sleeping, I was even more of a mess during the day. And so when I went to the doctor, I said, listen, I have the jitters. I'm anxious. I thought that it was because I had anxiety really, I was experiencing the crash from all the wine I was drinking during the night, waking up with those jittery, anxious feelings. Um, and, and the whole time I'm thinking that, you know, I have anxiety, I have depression, I have all this stuff. No, I was really just drinking too much. Uh, and even the thought of not drinking, I thought, why would anybody do that? Why would anybody stop drinking? That's so weird. But in the backyard that day, when I hit the button to, you know, learn about the Health Coach Institute and and the health coaching program, I started thinking about what my life was like before. I never drank before. I never, you know, I was such a good teacher. I was a good person. I was a good mom. And um, I was really, when I signed up for that program, I was looking for a way to fill my time away from my girls. So I replaced drinking because I quit drinking right away after that kind of like epiphany. Okay. My life is a mess. I need, I just quit cold Turkey. Like like it was so easy. So when I signed up for the program, I really just was replacing my drinking habits with being busy. And I realized that being busy was another coping mechanism for me. So I was studying and teaching full time, doing all of these things that were really, really busy because when I stopped and my mind was quiet, my mind would not stop racing. I couldn't sleep. So I would, I would stay up till 12, one o'clock in the morning until I was so exhausted that my body and my mind just completely shut down. And then I still didn't have to deal with any of those feelings that I was experiencing. What happened with your coach or in that program, Tina, that took you from the place where you were just going to spend some time to 
this is going to be my future. And that transition to making that daunting decision, am I leaving my career and moving into the unknown? Yeah. So, so during the program, one of the components was a personal development program where you had to, you had to do the inner work yourself. And so something in that program triggered me to start pursuing other, other ways of personally developing myself. And that opened up this whole other world, right, of leveling up personally. And I remember after I completed that program, I wanted to grow my coaching business, but I had no idea how to do that. So I said, okay, what I need to do is I need to invest in a coach to help me build my business. And so I got on a call with her and within five minutes, she saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And she asked me, Tina, do you want to be a teacher or do you want to be a coach? And I thought, well, of course I would love to be a coach. I mean, I was taking on practice clients. I was getting clients right away. I had almost a full schedule and I wasn't even graduated the program. And I said, well, yes, of course, I'd love to be a coach, but that's just not possible. I have a pension. I have benefits. I've been, you know, teaching for 14 years. I was a child and youth worker for five years. You know, I have a lot of education behind me. Why would I give that up? And, um, you know, one of the things that I learned in my training and development is we sometimes always look for what there is to lose, like the losses instead of what we have to gain in our life. And she opened like my mind to see what was possible. And she helped me create a vision of a life that I was really excited to wake up to every morning. You know, she had me on stage speaking in front of thousands of people. She had me being a leader and running coaching programs. And, and I was talking to her and I literally had the clearest vision that I've ever had in my life of what my life could be like. And I remember going to my principal at the time and I said, I am requesting a leave of absence for a year. And she said, well, that's unpaid. And I said, I know. And she said, are you sure you want to do that? I said, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> she said, because you don't seem certain. And you know, it was funny because at the time, People were like, Tina, you just quit drinking. You're just going through a separation. There's a lot of changes in your life. Like maybe you should just slow down. And I said, no, it's now or never. I need to act. It was just, it was really calling me. I didn't know how it was going to work. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to pay the bills. I wasn't sure where I was going to get my next client. But in my heart, in my soul, I knew that I was going to make it work. Who does that? Who leaves a teaching career to follow a dream, a passion, without knowing the outcome? It's just not heard of. People just don't do that. And the first year of business was amazing for me. I experienced so much so quickly. I, you know, I was a TEDx speaker. I was speaking at conferences. I had group coaching programs. I was coaching, um, you know, private clients. And then something happened <laughs> where I developed this, I call it shiny penny syndrome. <laughs> you know, when 
you start seeing other things that look really bright and shiny and you go chasing that. And, you know, I was chasing the TV show and chasing more personal development. And I was doing multi-level marketing and I was doing everything. That's an excellent lesson for entrepreneurs, myself included, that you can be pulled in 15 different directions, but the question has to come back to what is your purpose? What is your vision? And who are you here for? And if you, if you can keep that clear in your mind, you can start to say no to this and no to that and really go for what you are destined to do. So why do you think you were being pulled in so many directions and lacking focus at that time? I had no idea what was going on. I knew it was sabotage. I knew enough to know, okay, this is what sabotage looks like. This is what resistance looks like, but why? And, you know, we have these limiting beliefs that we think are real and they're not. And what I discovered, and it goes back to a seventh grade story. And I know this sounds, you know, really bizarre how I can trace it back. But in seventh grade, I went to a new school. And, uh, you know, in part of my TED talk, I talk about the story of golf ball eye girls, where I was teased because this boy in my class thought that I had golf ball eyes. But that wasn't the story that I was hanging on to. It was the girls in that class. When I came to the school, they said to me, who do you think you are? You think you're, you're so great. You're not. You're nothing. You'll always be nothing. And so after a year of getting bullied and hearing that same message, that became my reality. Mm. And so when I discovered this, I started seeing my life kind of flash before my eyes, thinking about where else this showed up. It showed up everywhere in my life. It showed up in my marriage. It showed up in my business. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You're a nobody. And my internal dialogue was, you're a nobody. You're not good enough. And so when I had that discovery, it was like my walls came tumbling down. All the fear that I experienced every time I spoke. And I mean, I was terrified, even though I was on stage doing a TED Talk, I was almost crippled by my fear. I had so much anxiety. Every time I got on stage, I had so much anxiety. And people are like, you did not. That is not true, Tina. I said, if you could hear my thoughts, <laughs> you would know. It was really scary for me. But when the wall came down and I realized that is just not true, I am not a nobody. And my purpose in life is bigger than I can even imagine myself right now. I got rid of that internal dialogue. I yes. put her on the back burner and I started showing up powerfully. And the result of that was I felt unleashed and unconstrained in my talks, in my Facebook lives, how I am with potential clients, the clients that I have now. I just serve them so much more powerfully because I was always afraid. I was afraid of coaching and not coaching, but like pushing people, helping them dig a little bit deeper. I wanted everybody to like me. I wanted, you know, I wanted to belong. And when I realized, oh my gosh, this came from a childhood story of seventh grade and I can actually just let it go. Yeah, it was life changing again. Another huge breakthrough. Um, I six times my business in the next three and a half months. That's how significant the block was for me. I was pushing 
people away. I was sending people to other coaches <laughs> because I was afraid to be seen. I was afraid that people were looking at me like I was a nobody. Like really, we all have it within us. And those limiting beliefs sometimes are, as you say, almost always are stopping us from moving forward, but we have to figure out what they are, don't we? <laughs> Being an entrepreneur is a pretty lonely world, isn't it, Tina, sometimes, um, unless you move into the realm of collaboration, which I think is one of the most important things. Uh, we can't be an island all by ourselves. It's the power of the many that will move us forward. What do you think? Seeing the value in community and now seeing the value that I bring to the community, it's, it's really remarkable, it's really incredible. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a, a, I mean, I think life is a journey, right? Like life is full of ups and downs and twists and turns. And I've learned, I've failed, I've grown. You know, one of my things this year, I said, I want to fail six times and I want to fail hard. And people laugh at me. Why would you want to fail? And I say, because every failure is a learning opportunity. And I want to be able to be the person that can deal with failure. Because but I also realized. Yeah, let me just jump yeah. in there. Uh, being your goal is interesting because we do fail at least six times. So why not just say, okay, failure is a wonderful thing because I failed. I've learned from it and I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to try it a different way. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> so my goals are very different. I'm looking to perfect or improve. My next public speaking event will be the best that it can be. I'm going to get this book done by a certain date. My launch date is going to be this summer. I haven't thought of it in terms of how many failures I should have in that time because we certainly do <laughs> over and over and over again. It's very unique and uh, I'll have to think more about that one, Tina. <laughs> well, because when you're failing, that means you're playing a big game. Like you are on the court of your life. You know, you're not playing small because if we were playing small, everything would be really safe and really comfortable and there's no growth and comfort. So when I, you know, when I say I want to fail, I legitimately mean that because I, I know the game that I'm playing. There's going to be failures and I get to just learn from all of them. And when I'm learning from them, that means I get to teach others based on my experiences. So I actually see my failures as a contribution in a strange, twisted way, you know, because I spent thousands of dollars failing. You know, I, I, I invested $9,000 in an email marketing system. And because, you know, that's what they tell you you need. You need an email marketing system. And I, I learned from that experience, no, what you need is to connect with people and authentically connect with people, not to sell something, but to contribute to them in their lives. I have, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I probably have 20 calls a week. And I don't book all those new clients, but I know that those 20 people that I talk to, I change their life. And for me, that's what it's about. It's about connection. And that's the only way I believe you grow a successful business is by really learning to connect with others. How can you do that? It all starts with self-love. And self-love is being able to fall and get back up. And to fail and fail hard and get back up and, you know, keep moving forward. That to me is self-love. As you said, Tina, 
you didn't fully understand what a health coach was when you discovered it online a few years ago. So help the rest of us understand. So in my journey of personal development and, you know, owning my stuff and taking responsibility for my life in that process, I actually um, repaired my marriage too. So my husband and I were separated for three years. We've been back together for a year and a half. We have an amazing relationship with communication and love and intimacy and all the great stuff that was missing before. And so my coaching business, Tina Brigley Coaching, I, you know, I have my group program that I do with my business partner and my own personal business. I do relationship coaching. So I support couples in creating an unleashed and powerful, amazing relationship. So I'm passionate about relationships because um, it's not just romantic relationships, but even business relationships, partnerships, you know, relationships with your children, relationships with coworkers, because I believe that everything in life revolves around relationships and communication. And, uh, and so a life coach, you know, it, that's my, my designation. So we see people as what's possible. And we help them create what's really possible. So coaching is a lot different than counseling because counseling, you know, we dig up a lot of stuff from the past and help you understand it. Well, sorry, I should say that counselors and psychologists, they're trained in that. I'm not trained in that. I see blocks and I see patterns in the way people show up. So one, one example quickly one of my clients, she, um, she's like a creativity coach, but she had this block that she wasn't very creative. And she said, I feel like an imposter all the time because here I am helping others bring out creativity, yet I don't feel creative. And I'm looking at her thinking she's an artist. She's, she's extraordinary. I mean, she's extremely creative. She's created events and workshops. And so this pattern kept showing up. And I said, okay, listen, you got to tell me about a time where you were told that you weren't creative. And she laughed and she said, oh my gosh, I was five years old and I was on stage and I was singing my heart away in like this um, Christmas concert. And I was the angel and I had this lead role and I was so proud. And I sat down after the concert next to my friends and they laughed at me and they said, you should have never been on that stage. You're a terrible singer. And she said, I felt broken. I felt terrible. And then she just paused and it was almost like her life flashed before her eyes. And she said, I told myself that I was not creative, that I should never sing again and I should never show my talents to the world. And she said, and that's how I feel. She's like, so what you're telling me is that's just not reality. That's not truth. That's just what I created when I was five years old. And I said, I don't know. Does it show up in your life? Yes, everywhere. I said, do you think it's possible that maybe you are living into that story that you created? She said, yes. Well, then after that, she did a Facebook Live. She sang her heart out in front of everybody. She signed up for singing lessons. She created workshops. She got rid of her perfectionism. She did things imperfect and didn't worry about what people were thinking. She became unleashed and unstoppable because of that. And so that's what coaches do. 
they see what you can't see. They see your blind spots help you to live your best life and help you create your best life free from, you know, the garbage that we hang on to. And that's what I think life coaching is, you know. So when we're triggered by something, it could actually be good for us if we're aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when I'm working with a client and they get triggered by something that I say, I love that because that means that I brought something into their awareness that wasn't there before. And so we have, we all have, um, you know, views, opinions, and beliefs about things based on our upbringing, our education, our programming. And so we believe those things to be truth, reality. And so when somebody brings something into our awareness that isn't part of our reality, what our brain wants to do is shut it down. It wants to shut down somebody else's view or opinion. I mean, we see this all the time in politics that, you know, everybody has a view. We want others to see our view and we don't always listen to what other people are saying. And so when people are triggered, it's, it's really good because that means that there's something there. And to go a little bit deeper, there could even be something there from a past experience, a past trigger that's re-triggering this feeling and emotion and bodily sensation. When you hear something new, the natural tendency is to shut it down, make it wrong. You know, that's not true. And so, you know, when I make the, the statement about counselors help people to feel better and, you know, coaches help them to become better, you know, people get triggered by that a lot of times because like, uh, you know, I have a PhD and I have this and I have that and I'm not discrediting anybody. I think we all are needed and necessary for different reasons. You know, like I can't do what a counselor does. I can't do what a psychologist does. I can't figure out the underpinnings of the human psyche and all of that stuff. That's what they're trained and developed to do. Um, but what I've discovered in the hundreds of clients that I've coached is that sometimes people need to have their own breakthrough discoveries. You know, like I remember going to see a psychologist for years thinking like, okay, this is what I dealt with when I was a child and this is all my past traumas and, you know, and it didn't make a difference. But when I discovered that, you know, those girls in seventh grade bullied me and I was hanging on to the stories that I created, that I wasn't good enough. When I discovered that, well, I could just, you know, throw it on the back burner and say, okay, that's just not true right now. It's not happening right now. And so this is one of the things that I feel in my business really helps me to become, well, a, you know, a better coach because I've done the deep personal work. So when I have a personal breakthrough, I can now see that in others. If I haven't had my own personal breakthroughs, I can't help others to see that. When I was blocked by my bullying story, if other people have blocks that are, are similar, if I haven't discovered mine, I won't be able to help them discover theirs. Once I had that discovery, it was almost like now I listen for patterns. And we are all about patterns. I mean, we can go into this about, you know, forever. But I really hear patterns in the way people speak and the way they behave and the way they 
come across in life. And whenever there's a predictable pattern of showing up, it's because there's a story playing in the background. Now, this is my view, my opinion, my belief based on my training and development. People will disagree and that's okay. Um, but this is, I, I've, like I said, hundreds of clients. I help them discover what's really blocking them. So the facts are frightening. One in five of us will experience a mental health problem or illness in our lifetime. That's from the Canadian Mental Health Association. And yet, a lot of us don't seek help. And there are a lot of reasons for that, I think. Even though we've done a lot of work to reduce the stigma, some people still feel there's a stigma associated with mental health. Or we're living in oblivion. We don't think we need any help. We're fine. We're just fine. Really, we're just getting by. We're afraid. Or maybe it's availability or personal circumstances. But the bottom line is we need to find a solution. And what you're offering is another possibility. Absolutely. You hit it right on the head. Absolutely. Because I know that coaching is not for everybody. And I actually have people that I hop on a call with and I say, you know, um, my program is not a good fit for you. And I actually give them tools and strategies and I recommend them to other, you know, other I have recommended them to social workers and psychologists and other coaches because I also know, you know, my limits. I am not a trained counselor and some people really do need counseling. There's a lot of stuff that they're hanging on to that in order for them to move forward in their life, they need to let that stuff go. And that's not my area of expertise and coaches. I think, help people get to the next level. You know, like, yes, there, we all have trauma in some capacity, right? And trauma doesn't have to be abuse. It literally can be, you know, you had to move when you were little and you left all of your friends. That can be traumatic to somebody. It can be more traumatic, but we all have our own stuff that we're hanging on to. And, you know, people that are experiencing extreme, I like to call it extreme form of trauma, you know, sometimes until they've really dealt with that, they're not ready for the coaching process. So I think you're absolutely right. There's so many people that can help. Um, and if people are feeling stopped, there's more options now than I think ever before. And I believe before, you know, even three years ago when I started health coaching, it was so secretive. People didn't want to tell others that they had a coach. And now it's almost, it comes across as a status thing. Oh yeah, I have my life coach. And it's just so accepted now. You shared with me a particular circumstance where uh, your coach pushed you beyond something you thought was even possible to do, pushed you really outside of your comfort zone. Oh, it was so powerful. I mean, Lynn, because of golf ball eye girl, I couldn't leave the house without makeup. Because I literally thought when I walked out of the house, people were staring at me. So my coach challenged me to go a week without makeup. <laughs> and, you know, I started sweating profusely. I know it sounds ridiculous. And when I tell this story, sometimes people are like, that is ridiculous. But I say, it's my story. It's not yours. Right? So I was sweating profusely. I was shaking. I said, anything, give me any challenge. I cannot do that. I, <laughs> I can't do that. And he's like, you will not die. 
But I remember the feeling in grade seven. And every time I would go back to that field, like every time somebody would look at me, I thought, oh my gosh, they're staring at me. They think I have golf ball eyes. So the first day that I did it, I was, I, I kind of was a little, I don't know, tricky with the whole challenge. I wore my glasses because I thought, well, at least, you know, I can hide a little bit. <laughs> and then my friend noticed and he said, do you normally wear glasses? And I said, no. And he said, well, why are you wearing glasses today? And I said, well, it's a funny story. And I told him, and he's like, take the glasses off. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> so he made me take the glasses off. And then I went to the grocery store the next day without wearing makeup. And the funny thing happened, Lynn. Nobody looked at me strangely. It's those voices in our heads, isn't it? Um, I love your expression, mind chatter. I use that a lot in my own personal life now. It's shutting off those thoughts, you know, in the middle of the night when you can't sleep and you're thinking, oh, what's, what's going to happen tomorrow? I'm, I'm going to do this, but this could happen. That could happen. This could happen. That could happen. Shut it down. Shut that voice off in our heads and turn off the mind chatter. Oh my gosh. And after the week, you know, it was just so easy. Uh, and the funniest thing, it was day seven and I was doing a zoom call with a client and she said, what is different about you? You look so good today. <laughs> and that was just, <laughs> I, I was, I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. And I said, you have no idea what that means to me. And I told her the story and I said, I just had this really huge story that I, I was just not pretty and not good enough if I wasn't wearing makeup. So yeah, I, 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 I got rid of that challenge, but it, you know, it just goes to show how powerful those stories are. And it's the, the amazing thing about it is we have all of these blocks, these stories, blocks in our life, situations that happen where we make decisions about ourselves, we make decisions about others, and we don't know that we're hanging on to it. And, you know, after I had my, my breakthrough discovery, like a light bulb, I, I, I knew in my heart, okay, my program is called Breakthrough to Unstoppable because that's exactly what happened to me. And that's what I want to create in others. And then the second part of, the, of that is unleashing your power because I felt unleashed. I felt the most powerful I've ever felt before. And, you know, people say to me, you can't have it all. And I said, no, that is a limiting belief that we have been trained and taught. And I believe, you know, it's, it's a people thing. I think it's a woman thing too, right? You can't have it all. And I think, yes, we can have it all, you know, and what does it look like to have it all? Yeah, I do. I get up at 4.30 in the morning to go to see my trainer for five and, you know, take my <laughs> class at 5.30 and I have to meal prep on Sundays and I have to do a lot of things to make that happen. But I really, I really want to be the change that I want to see in the world. So your partnership with Jessica Burrell, who's another exceptional, highly energetic local entrepreneur, is called Breakthrough to Unstoppable. And if I'm interested in that, what can I expect out of that program? So our program is for women entrepreneurs that know that they have more to offer the world and they're really playing small in their business in their life. And so her and I have created a holistic program. It's personal development and business development. 
Because what we're realizing is that people know what to do. There's tons of information online, but people are stopped by something. And so we help them uncover what is actually stopping them so they can get it out of the way and they can grow their business and their life to the next level. How do people reach you, Tina? The best way to find me is go to my website, www.tinabrigley.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Tina Brigley, or on Facebook, Tina Brigley Coaching. We appreciate you sharing your insights and your personal story so candidly with us today. You can contact Tina for a free consultation session. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening. For more episodes learning from people who are steering us in the right direction, visit lynnmclaughlin.com or subscribe to this podcast feed.